Does this mess your hair up too? Yeah, terrible for me. All right. Yay. Thank you, guys. All right. I have props today. Woo! Probably comes from all the years of teaching kids in school. All right. Are we ready? Yay! Ah! Chris and Jane! Hi! Embarrass you all right there. Awesome. So good to see you guys. Awesome. All right. So my favorite prayer, Holy Spirit, come. (sighs) Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bind any distractions, that you would bind the enemy's attempts to filter or twist my words to mean something I'm not saying. (sighs) And to clean up any messes I'm going to say. I just allow you, Holy Spirit, to be you. And we just release wisdom right now. Open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to leap with truth today. Amen. Amen. Today, I'm going to give you a perfect recipe against fear. All right? you get this recipe right, you will not be afraid. So, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, a sound mind can also be translated discipline or sound judgment. Um, I started this out, I, I have done this before, I did it at Bethel. And uh, I said, it doesn't actually mean, doesn't mean a sound mind, like all of a sudden your mind is sound. And it's like, not really. And everyone's like, oh, but I wanted my voices to stop. Yeah. yeah. It'll happen because fear is one of those things that allows those open doors, right? But what I'm talking about is actually truth and discernment and sound judgment. So today, we're going to have a recipe of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And this is not bourbon. This is oil. And with these ingredients, the flour, the sugar, so the flour, um, power, sugar, sweetness, the love, and what binds them together is the proper discerning or truth or right, correct judgment, okay? (coughs) I suggest that most of us do not have these in proper measure in our recipe, and that's why we still have fear. I suggest that we have learned an improper measure of this recipe probably from our childhood. And definitely, it has been reinforced as we've grown up. But we need to make sure that these stay in proper measure. Because if we don't have these in proper measure, then we add spices to the recipe. And those spices that go to the recipe are not godly spices. Now, we, are, we should have in our recipes the fruits of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. Edward and Helen, thanks for coming. <laughs> They've been here driving back and forth. Thank you, guys. Um, huh. But what happens when these are an improper recipe is we actually grab spices that shouldn't be in the recipe. Let me explain this. I was in a sozo with a woman. Have you ever prayed a stupid prayer? Like, God, kill me. Those are stupid prayers. Because he's going to kill you anyway. He's going to kill the flesh in you. So you don't have to actually pray to help him with that prayer. Okay. Um, are you guys with me? That was kind of funny. Okay. All right. Well, she did one of these prayers. She's like, we've seen married couples struggle for years. And Lord, they, they pray this prayer. In our first year of marriage, would you help us get out everything that would have come out in the next 50 years of marriage? That's a stupid prayer. Okay. Are you with me? Okay. It's an honest prayer, but it... Took the, it, they went through a year of God answering that prayer. And so everything that you and I, I've been married 33 years now. Um, you guys are celebrating how many years? 39 years. And how would you like to have had all of that done in your first year? No. Probably wouldn't have survived my first year if I would had all of that happen. So they're both now coming for sozos in my chair. And... She's sitting down, and she said, I don't know what's wrong. She said, we, we prayed this prayer, we're excited about it, but there were such eruptions, and it was all volatile, and in this, it was not a good year for us. And she goes, and I learned so many ugly things about myself in this first year of marriage. Okay? So that's the premise of what's going on. And she said she got married, she moved to a new country, she doesn't speak the language, lots going on here. Um, a little bit of um, dysfunction in his family, all kind of together. She's feeling alone. And she would have these eruptions of anger that would go on. And yet she wasn't ministering. She wasn't doing anything that she had done prior. And at one point, her husband turned to her and said, Where did my powerful wife go? And... She said, you know, this year I decided that it was going to be a year of no ministry and just a year of love. And she said, but it's been a really hard year. So there we are. She's in my chair. And I start to pray for her, and I see a shelf in the kitchen. And I see on the shelf three ingredients. And in these ingredients, I see that she has taken one of the ingredients off the shelf. And I ask her, where did you learn that love and power can't be in the same recipe? I learned it in my childhood. What did you learn? She said, well, you know, I've always had great discernment. I've always been able to say strategically what's right, what's not right. And we had a a relative who was in in addictions. And this relative would come over drunk and I would say, or stoned or something, I'd say, hey, mom, you know, he's, he's loopy. 
And she'd say, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay. We just need to love. And then he would do something that would disrupt the family and the, you know, there'd be a fight and there'd be something. And she would say, but mom, we need to, we need to do something. No, sweetie, we just need to love. And she learned that to be loving, she had to keep power off the shelf. So what happens when power is off our shelf? Well, you know what? When, you, when you're not powerful, you're being victimized. Do you know, you can be victimized and not be a victim. Okay, I'm not saying that when bad things happen to you, don't, don't go there. The enemy don't get, doesn't get to take us there. But what I'm saying is this. When you are not being powerful, you will find some spice to make you powerful. And what happens? What is one of the best spices, the most powerful spice? Rage. <laughs> I'm going to be powerful, dang it. And that's what would happen. So she would be told, oh, no, no, no. No, you just need to be loving. You just need to be loving. It's all good. Just love. But it's a boundaryless love. And a boundaryless love does not allow us to combat fear. Now, love covers a multitude of sins. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about a recipe against fear. It's all good. No, it's not all good. We have absolutes, and we need to have power in our recipe. It's not not loving for me to point out in love truth. See, the world is telling us you can't have absolutes. The world is telling us you can't make a stand against the Muslim agenda. Yeah, I said that out loud. Ha! The world is telling us you can't have a stand as a Christian. Don't wear your crosses anywhere, but you can do all the other things that stand out to show who you are. In your country now, servicemen, don't wear your uniforms. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's taking power and truth right off my shelf. We have a bumper sticker in America that I hate. And it is coexist. Do you know what that means? It means truth goes right out the door. Coexists. It's all good. There's no absolutes. You know what? There are absolutes. But our absolutes don't have to be spiced Inappropriately, When we take our absolutes off the shelf, we bring in superiority. We bring in um, the sense of, I know exactly what's right and you don't. You know, and yeah, I really am your Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Why? Because truth and proper sound judgment has been taken off the shelf. And at some point, you will get so frustrated with the fear that's going on that you will pick up the wrong spices in order to fill that gap. Vacuums that exist will be filled. We have to be able to declare absolutes in love with the power to break and bring freedom. Amen. 
When we have this out of order, you will live in fear. And you will keep pulling from your car, um, cupboards ungodly spices. Let's look at this. This is kind of a, a strong verse. You know, there... Can't let me... I'll come back to the verse. I'm going to talk a little bit more. How many of you grew up with a boundaryless love? How many of you learned, men and women, that you just needed to love and not speak up? Oh, that's, you, that truth, it's just not loving. Well, I can tell you, you could have said it unlovingly. You could have spiced it with something. But just because the spice is wrong doesn't mean truth is wrong. Okay? How many of you grew up with an overbearing parent that felt powerless and so threw rage in to the recipe in order to be powerful? How many of you determined, I'm not going to have that in my recipe, and so you have taken power off your shelf? Because all you've ever known is a power that harms. But we are to be powerful. We are not weaklings. We are not left unaware and unprotected. This has got to be in your recipe. It's the power of God for salvation. It's the freedom that comes. We have the only God that hears and sees and is alive. You get that guy off the shelf. Where's the power? Where's the truth of who you are? The problem is we have learned dysfunction. And because we've learned dysfunction, we have spiced incorrectly. I've said that enough times. What about discernment? What about this guy? You know, we, the church has done a real injustice to the gift of discernment. We've decided that because discernment has been spiced with superiority, or it's been spiced with um, this sense of criticism, like it's always wrong, always this, always that. Let's just point out everything that's wrong because I know what's right. Because of that, we have determined as a church, discernment doesn't belong in our recipe. And the church is staying silent when we are the ones that have truth. Amen. So, if you were to pay attention to what I call sloppy grace, you would have to throw out almost all of the Gospels, almost all of Paul's teachings, Because there are absolutes. Jesus says there is one way to the Father. If you climb up by another way, you are a thief and robber. And it probably is not going to work out too well for you when you're hoping to hear well done. Two people got that. Because there are, there's truth. We have got to be able to have these in proper measure. When you pick up rage, it's because you are feeling not powerful. When you pick up this boundaryless love, it's because you're spicing it with this boundarylessness. Why? Because you have been afraid of truth and power. 
But the power, love, and a sound mind, proper discerning, proper judgment, is our ability to combat fear. You've got to have those. You know, I'm not all about this powerful women stuff that's being taught because I believe we're powerful people, male or female, okay? So, so don't hear this wrong. But how many women have heard, you don't get to be powerful because you're a woman? You've got to put that thing back on the shell. Do you know what? A powerful person ought to be loving. See, I don't think a, a, a really mean person is powerful. I think they're angry and they're afraid. So rage is out here. I'm powerful. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be a bull in a china cabinet. And we all go, oh, that's powerful. No, that is fear raging. When I'm powerful, I don't have to have rage. I can be loving. But they have got to be in proper order. I think most of us have seen powerful people that are really angry, afraid people. And we have assigned power to meanness, to bullying. But that's not what it is. Those are the spices that we need to get off the shelf. 1 Corinthians 7, oh, 6, 9 through 11. I want you to pay attention to this. Power, love, sound mind, or proper discernment. Paul is going to show us how to speak truth with love and power. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Truth. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, uh, idolaters, adulterers, feminists, homosexuals, thieves, covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, you can't say that. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't say that. It's a hate crime. No, no, no. When I have it with love, it is not a hate crime to speak truth. But when you're feeling afraid to speak, you're going to pick up these other spices and it is going to become a hate crime because you're so frustrated that truth isn't in your recipe. So how does he do it? He speaks truth. Paul has no trouble in his epistle speaking truth. And he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom. And then he goes on to explain what unrighteousness is. You know what happens when we have truth out is we read this differently. And we pick out the things that we are personally mad at. And we make them bigger than the rest of them in the sentence. Not one of those sins is worse than the other one. But we get frustrated because the agendas that are flying around, that are being forced on us, and we have none of, no power. And we're taught just love, just love, just love, so don't say anything. And then finally, we're taught in America in second grade that a portion of you in this class right now, you're gay. Just get ready for it. And then the Christians finally decide, I've had enough, and they're like, Aah! And then they're like, see, 
you do hate. It's because we've thrown down our voice. We've kept our love, but love by itself doesn't combat fear. You guys getting this? You okay with me? Am I invited back? (laughs) So here's what Paul finishes with. Watch how he does this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? He's like, I think he's baffled. He's like, all this stuff you're doing. Did you not hear that the first time I told you? When I came through the first time, did you not get that? I think he's like, wow, how did you miss that in my sermons? And then he goes through the list. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminates, homosexuals, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, such were some of you. Ah, love just got put in the midst of truth. See, it's easy for us to stand back and criticize when we're better than you. When this superiority's over here, yeah, you, you lied. Eat. You, you're done. Um, no, no, you got drunk Saturday. You're gone. And Peter said, Paul says, so are some of you. And what does that do? It puts love back into truth. And it's almost a full recipe. But then he says this. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Power is in our recipe. Here's the truth. Here's who you were. And here's what power did to break you free. Praise God. We have got to have proper measures of these to combat fear. Close your eyes for a second. We're going to ask the Lord to do some things here. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit this. Holy Spirit, out loud, Holy Spirit. Is there one of these ingredients? Or two or three? That I learned to take off my shelf. Holy Spirit, which ingredients did I take off my shelf? If you heard power, stand up. We're going to break these things off. I'm going to have you repeat some things after me. I want you to do this. I want you to say, I choose to forgive anyone in my life that abused power, that brought rage into the mix, and made me feel like power was scary. 
or power would always harm others. And I forgive them. And I ask you, God, to forgive me for taking power out of my recipe because I have believed that anger and rage was power. Ha! Ha! Today, I hand you the lie that those spices were actually true power. And I ask for power back on my shelf. (laughs) Okay, have a seat. When we prayed, if you heard love, if if you're frustrated at love, if you grew up with a boundaryless love, I want you to stand up. I want you to say this. I choose to forgive, out loud, choose to forgive, anyone in my life who taught me that love couldn't have boundaries. That taught me that love was the only true ingredient. And I forgive anyone in my life who spiced this with lack of boundaries and a fear of confrontation. And today, as I forgive, I ask you to forgive me, God, for not wanting love on the shelf because I've been so frustrated at the boundaryless love. And today, I ask that you would give me back love on my recipe. But this time, it's coming with healthy boundaries and godly confrontations. Amen. Amen. Okay, have a seat. When you prayed, how many of you heard that you have put discernment or proper judgment off the shelf? Stand up. I choose to forgive anyone in my life who told me to stay silent. who told me I didn't have a right to speak. And I ask you to forgive me, God, for any time I picked up superiority or a critical spirit because I was so frustrated that I couldn't speak. And I give those spices to you. And today, as I hand those spices to you, Holy Spirit, I ask you to bring proper discernment and judgment 
back into my recipe. Yes, Jesus. Okay, have a seat. Wow. How many of you never ever want to be afraid again in your life? Well, yeah, hands and feet are up back there. So everyone gets to say this. I thank you, Father God, that you have given me a recipe against fear. Today, you are taking out all the ungodly spices. All the lies I've believed. And today you are re-establishing for me. A recipe of power. Of love. And a sound mind. Amen.